0: Welcome, everybody, to Waveformed, where we get to know our friends through the playlists they create, where we ask one friend to be on this podcast with me every time, and they make a 10-song playlist that we make available to you on Spotify through our Patreon. Today, I have with me Mr. Michael Swain. Hey! <laughs> accurate. Yep. No lies, do you tell, <laughs> sir? Yeah, I have been truthful up to this point. We'll see how the rest yeah, how much of it goes. Further it goes. Yeah. How did you put this one together? What were your uh things that you were doing to decide to make cuts? Cuz I know it's it was hard for me too.
1: Well, I made a playlist that has 87 or so tracks on it. And this these are actually tracks 11 through 20 on that playlist oh, okay. because I figured I'd set up A second appearance later in the life of the series. So, if you wonder why, like, how can there not be a 10cc song on here? (laughs) By the way, do you know 10cc? I don't think so. Okay, because Willard mentioned them in her episode, and I was very pleased, and it made me ashamed. Some of the people that aren't (laughs) on here, like, they might, that there's no, they might be giants is weird. Yeah. Um, All these songs are my favorite songs because I don't believe that it can be quantified that there's a better song yeah. than another song <laughs> if you like they're for different uses at yeah. different times um, but they're all songs that I have called my favorite song at some point point, yeah. and they're all songs that uh, stuck with me either for a very long period of time for particular reasons or are revealing about what I like and the type of person I am yeah. or there's this particular story wrapped around yeah. you know what I mean like this yeah. was happening to me man in yeah. this song
0: <laughs> there are definitely like when I listen to this Uh, playlist, there are definitely some through lines that I think we'll get into when we discuss them more deeply.
1: Like in episode one you talked about uh, playing a particular song over and over Mm -hmm. during an emotional period. For me that was Ramona by Guster. Do you know that song? Uh, I don't think so. Ramona banjo. Oh. Your Miss Oklahoma. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Oh, I would walk around UCSD. I walked around UCSD campus for like five and a half hours playing that on yeah. repeat and just
0: like openly yeah. weeping
1: <laughs> on a hard day that yeah. happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I know. I, I, I feel that I've been similar places like that. <laughs> Oh yeah. You've
1: been to UCSD. It's a nice <laughs> campus.
0: It is very nice. Don't uh, eat at Foodworks, but oh, okay. in joke first, current students of UCSD. <laughs> well, I hope our UCSD audience is very happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> but now we're going to get into the songs. So, yeah. Um, I got to
1: say you do need, we,
0: I guess, because
1: yeah. I'm on the network too, or I'm part of this. We need to figure out what what you every podcast has this problem when it starts yeah. what you do before you go let's get into yeah. the list like sh, there should be something yeah we'll Sound figure effect. it out i don't know yeah no like what's that little period about before how why these songs is a good start yeah. question but yeah let's dive in yeah so uh song number one. Oh, also no particular order one to ten oh, okay like i didn't know if we were supposed to do you know what i mean yeah. one is better than ten yeah. or anything but no
0: no, the, and the way that I ordered mine was just kind of it went with a certain flow that you'll understand when we talk about it.
1: I also didn't do that. I should have tried to make a mixtape. Like normally I would
0: care about the sequence of a sure. playlist.
1: These are in no particular
0: order. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> All right. So number one, starting off with He Did by Anais Mitchell. Anais. Anais Mitchell. It did- Uh, off of young men in america came out in 2012 it was her fifth full-length studio album
1: yeah i chose that because obviously Town is blown up right now it's okay. the current it's a broadway musical that's sort of the getting the like hamilton treatment or sure. the book of mormon treatment this year swept the tonys and all that junk yeah i saw her because my uncle's a folk singer and ran it it's closed now as of recently but at one point the largest folk label in America and Aeneas started on his label Waterbug oh, okay. Records and so like 14 years ago <laughs> I used to see her all the time and yeah. hang like she knew my uncle not me but I right. would be there and I've seen like I saw her perform Town when the tracks were still being written and mm-hmm in a coffee shop in Vermont where there were only six people there. Wow. So it's like, it's my little claim to coolness in the sense that <laughs> there was a cracked article five, six years ago yeah. where I pitch I told everyone to go listen to Hadestown and I don't, she's my one. That's like that. Like yeah. I knew her so far before she was cool. My uncle, like, yeah. produced her first album <laughs> yeah. like was on his label i knew her when she got her first record deal yeah. and to see everything she's done and by the way i've always been <laughs> blown away by yeah. her talent her lyricism and then so she's always folk is often uh more about the poeticness mm-hmm. with, it sucks that i use the word poeticness while describing this but <laughs> um uh, the reason i'm a writer is words just flow through me like water, they appeal to me more than any other form of communication. Mm -hmm. So I am one of those people who will be like, the music's important, but if the lyrics aren't on point, it really doesn't do it for me. Yeah, Aeneas, like Aeneas has a song called, uh, I forget the title off the top of my head, but from her album, The Brightness, that is about the Magi bringing gifts to Jesus. Yeah. But uh, by the end, and the chorus stays the same. The lyrics of the chorus stay the same every mm-hmm. time it iterates. But in the first time, it's about the Magi, the literal Bible story. By the end, because of the way that the lyrics have morphed in the verses between, mm-hmm. you realize it's about uh, three people going through a checkpoint in the Middle East and getting pulled out of line and put up against the wall and shot. Okay. And it's the same lyrics. So yeah. Anyone who does tricks like that or yeah. is so into words that they're on the next level of like, what can I do with words and structure? So I was always blown away by her. Um, if you like Hadestown, and I do think Hadestown is where she graduated from, folk focuses on lyrics and the yeah. backing is just beautiful guitar yeah. work and became full on like now she does orchestral arrangements yeah. with Kinds of instruments you do not hear on folk records, and you know Bonnie Vera keeps ripping off her tracks uh, because she <laughs> she's next level, man. And okay. Young Man in America is not a musical, so it's not right. destined to ever be that. Mm-hmm. But if you like Hades Town or Aeneas at all, Young Man in America is a fucking poetic toward the force that will demolish you yeah. about just what it is to be a young man in america written by a young woman in america which is equally doubly amazing
0: (laughs) that was one of the things i was able to find about this is that she said that uh this is an album that was definitely influenced by the recession Mm -hmm. um and the she was quoted as saying there's a feeling that the american is something of an orphan that we can't trust we're going to be taken care of yeah um and I'm gonna guess that the rest of the album is very similar to this one, and that it's talk it's about parenting and stuff like that. Lots of different common themes, but like growing up. Yeah,
1: there's a song about lust, a song about the American dream Mm -hmm. and the ambitions it fills you with, songs about disappointment. It's awesome. Um, This song he did is specifically about having a distant father who works all the time mm-hmm. and the lyrics are fucking amazing, but I won't drag it out with too many <laughs> quotes. Um, cause I can only paraphrase, but the, I picked this one because I think it'll hook a lot of people. Yep. It's just a great story song with a twist at the end mm-hmm. where she's, it's like, but who gave you a road to hoe? Who gave you a, e- yeah. et cetera. Um, the sort of distant father, but finding out all the work was so that your family could subsist, etc. cetera. Yeah. And it's like, It's got this thing at the end where she breaks into this like wild chanting thing. Mm -hmm. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." It's really great. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: And it was just when I listened to it, that was the, the themes of like life and death, death and like her father being a farmer, the father in the song being a farmer and stuff like that.
1: He, he planted 20 rows of corn Mm -hmm. the summer you were born and wondered what your life would yield. Oh, like I'm all about the lyrics that like Tom Waits style could be printed in a book and Mm -hmm. would be equally impactful.
0: And that, that is very much what this song is. Like I'm not like Katie. Even without the, even without the music. I can't like a song that just goes, she bad, she bad, (laughs) she bad, she bad. bad." Episode to last reference to last episode. But yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, we could talk endlessly about the actual lyrics of this song just because I think it is very deep. Like, yeah, it's one that when I listen to it again, I listen more closely because, of course, when I listen to these, I just go through them for the first time just to get a feel. And then the second time I'll probably repeat a couple times just so I can be like, OK, well, what what did they say? Yeah. There? And
1: yeah. you'll get that pattern for me. I like dense, challenging lyrics. Yeah. That unfold Mm -hmm. (laughs) as you listen to it repeatedly yeah Yeah. which is why i gravitate to rap as well yeah Yeah. and
0: that's that was one thing that surprised me about this playlist is that there's very little um i mean there's not really any just straight rap in this oh i would
1: say there's one yeah but we'll get to it yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) all right uh so number two is going to be on the outside by oingo boingo (laughs)
1: <laughs> the Mystic Knights of Oingo Boingo,
0: off of the album Only a Lad, which is their actually either full-length debut album. They've done mm-hmm. EPs and stuff like that before. Um, this is one of my favorite songs on this list. Mm. But I also, this is one another thing that I didn't realize how much I liked Oingo Boingo until I got a little bit older and I heard them with like more mature ears. Because mm-hmm. it was definitely something that was on in the background when I was a kid. Yeah, but then. I saw Danny Elfman in concert a couple years ago. He was doing, he did um, Nightmare Before Christmas at the Hollywood sure. Bowl. And then he did an encore where he did a bunch of Oingo Boingo songs. Nice. And that's like, that was the like my favorite part. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, like, so Oingo Boingo also has, another thing I'm a sucker for is, uh, like Jack White became, I think, the last master of this before Rock died. which is my own... I do think we're in a post-rock world now. Sure. Um, But uh, the like four-note guitar riff that's so catchy that you're like, how the fuck was that not discovered (laughs) already in the 60s or whatever? And Oingo Boingo nails that every time. They have a horn section that... Uh, brightens up every song But doesn't push it all the way Into a, being a ska band yeah. It's definitely more punk yeah. um, But like Oh my god Like uh, Private Life That re- <laughs> 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 um, I thought I heard somebody cry There's just weird Every Lingo Boingo song Captures a tone of dread And this weird Halloween feeling mm-hmm. While being high energy And catchy as yeah. a punk rock song as like tame punk, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, very much more rock with punk elements. His voice sort of yeah. adds that cast. Um Yeah, it was the first concert I ever went to. My dad took me <laughs> to their last show they ever played before oh, they awesome. broke up. And this song is on here more as a testament to as good as, well, the Simpsons theme, I think it stands up with there with like Tchaikovsky True. and Beethoven <laughs> in terms of compositions. Um But... As great as Danny Elfman is at score, and now I feel like he largely has a team of people who do Danny Elfman style yeah. scores and just license them out. I will. I feel like there's an alternate dimension where Oingo Boingo stayed together instead. And as much as I would miss the Spider-Man score yeah. and the Batman score, uh, Oingo Boingo was much better <laughs> than a
0: film score. Yeah, they're much more unique.
1: And even his like this one solo album he did so low. <laughs> after Oingo Boingo broke up, that still sounds exactly like Oingo mm-hmm. Boingo because it was like a Ben Fold situation. He did everything. Yeah. It's his sound. But it's like if Tim Burton could make music yeah, and and yet it has more authenticity than Tim Burton and yeah. stuff does. Oingo Boingo fucking rules as yeah. far as like straightforward very, rock bands go. Yeah,
0: they're a very interesting fusion because there's not really any, well, there's not many other rock bands that are such a combination of new wave ska elements and punk music
1: and yeah you can hear that he is destined to be a film score composer sure. because he thinks like one like uh if you heard there there's like a nine and a half minute song called oh, okay. insanity i haven't heard it, and it starts with what basically sounds like the dark Knight's, sc- although that's not him but um i forget which score i'm trying to compare yeah. to but like but he understands mm-hmm. dramatic yeah mm-hmm. yeah like they'll combine shit that sounds like a movie score because mm-hmm. his mind was al- already going that yeah. way and I think it makes us for a sound that is unlike any other band yeah. I'm aware of.
0: Yeah, and that's that's something that's funny to me is that you can hear the influences, but if you love Danny Elfin's music the way that he does it with in Tim Burton movies, it's not necessarily a one-to-one that you will love Oingo Boingo because it's such a different sound
1: no it's a it's his kick-ass sideband yeah. that is fuck that in my opinion is what he should have spent his <laughs> life on but uh yeah also his the passion in his vocal performances yeah is awesome like yeah because yeah.
0: yeah, it's fun it's not it's not he straight goes hard up on yeah. stage <laughs> and it's and it's a little bit weird it's not completely conventional it's that is one thing that you can't classify this song or any oringo boingo as being conventional they're not they're absolutely unique yeah, that.
1: they found their own sound and all their songs sound like that sound, yeah. but no one else has captured that exact sound ever right. again. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> And so uh, why did this one, this one just made the list because?
1: Because uh, it was my favorite first, like when I was a kid and they were my favorite band for many years. It was my favorite. Um, that's
0: all. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. mean, the lyrics in this one definitely.
1: As an adult, I think it's heard somebody cry just because it's more musically various and challenging. Yeah. I really like that one. Yeah. I, I
0: am not the ghost. Have you heard that one? Without a soul. Oh, yeah, I have heard that yeah. one. I think he played that one. Ooh, yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> but um, yeah, and this one, I I think getting into the lyrics as well, it is talking about being an outsider and stuff like that. It's something that I definitely understand why you would identify with it and why this one would not just be when you were a kid something that you liked, but something that as you Group got older and appreciated stuff more that you would.
1: Well, it felt meaningful when I was a teen and teen and thought I was an outsider. But now that I'm an adult and realize everyone thinks they're an outsider, it has lost some meaning. Sure, like I read Catcher in the Rye when I was 22, and I was like, (laughs) I already know all this. This is stupid. (laughs) Like if I'd read it when I was 17, I'd be like, this is the deepest shit ever. But now I just think of it as like a banger, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah, everyone feels like an outsider yeah. sometimes. The energy I of never it though shot is junk. <laughs> yeah. I never even tried. Counterculture passed me right by. So I also love anyone who does makes their vocal performance fucking weird like yeah. that. Like Our Lady Peace didn't make the list, but I love his voice. Okay, and everyone hates it, and I love <laughs> that they hate it. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Superman's dead. <laughs> People with weird fucking voices. They might be giants. I yeah. love that. Yeah. No, yeah, and I think
0: that one, and I think the way that he'd, because it's, you're talking about his vocalization is completely atypical in this one too. It's super theatrical. Yeah. it's
1: like he's, I mean, this is 20 years before, but it's like yeah. he's Jack Skellington and he's acting in a yeah, scene. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> exactly, and that's what, and that was one thing that I kind of noticed about the, the the playlist as a whole is that it seems like you are drawn to things that are either that aren't that are not typical just uh, melodic recitation of the lyrics
1: absolutely, I hate standard pop songs right. <laughs> most of them there's exceptions, but I'm also very much into tone lyrics, mm-hmm. and then because I love. Performing things I've written. Yeah. I think as an actor, my greatest strength is my control over my vocal performance. Sure. And my heroes were always voice actors like Billy West and uh, et cetera. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can go on and on. Yeah, but yeah. That's not the point. Um, but I feel like Maurice Lamarge. but I feel like... Uh, <laughs> I admire vocal performance truly as a pure medium and like the idea of making your body an instrument. And I apply that to all vocal performance. Mm -hmm. That's why I find myself, I'm attracted to public speaking, oratory, live reading, acting, But most of my acting skill is in vocal performance, voice acting, singing. And then, of course, the singers I always gravitate to, I always realize retroactively, are the ones who treat the performance like it's
0: also a TV show or play. Yeah,
1: They are performing the emotions at the appropriate time, not just hitting the notes in the correct sequence. Yeah, and that's
0: the thing that I don't think necessarily everybody thinks about who hasn't done any acting training is that your vocal performance is so informed by your physical performance mm-hmm. and vice versa. You can do, you can base an entire character off of whatever voice you come up with and you can base your entire, I don't know. You can base them also do it the other way around Yeah. To base the voice on like how you, how your posture is and things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, yeah, that's just something that, as an actor now is extremely important. And obviously it's important. We, (laughs) there's a reason why we have animation as such a popular medium Mm -hmm. is because you don't need to see a person doing it as long as you can hear them doing it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that leads us to number three, which is everything had changed by bare naked ladies. Till every friend I'd known was gone.
2: Then one day, I was, I was not alone. Everything had changed.
0: Everything was strange. Everything had changed.
2: Everything was um,
0: strange. Off of Bare Naked Ladies or Me. Blam. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Was that there in 2006? Yeah. The other ones, what,
1: Bare Naked Ladies Are
0: Men. Blam. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh Yeah, it's. they recorded. This one is the first full length album of original material that. Came out after they had decided to become an independent band and not re-sign with their label, mm-hmm. and so that was the double album was twenty nine songs, yeah, uh, d- that were recorded during what are what they call the Army sessions. Uh, this one is thirteen track CD followed by um, uh, Our Men, which was a sixteen track CD, including
1: three bonus tracks that aren't on every release for some reason. It's tricky to find them. Somewhere. Yeah, they have multiple like, uh, releases. Yeah, look. Search uh, "Fun and Games" is a great song Mm -hmm. that you won't always find tacked onto it. Yeah,
0: yeah, because they were released all. They were released as individual albums, and they they were also released as a single one. Yeah. Okay, so what about this one? This one is uh, again, it's an extremely unique sounding song. It's it's not. It's very atypical um, rock music. What
1: makes you feel that way? What's
0: unusual? The violin. Um, I uh, mean, it's it's the fact that bare naked ladies. I don't I don't have a good um, a strong impression of who they are in my mind. All right. Because of because of good. just like the nineties, they kind of blended in with uh-huh, everybody uh-huh. else. Okay. Okay. Then- <laughs>
1: this is where I was hoping we'd go with this. Right. This is on here because and everyone reacts weirdly when I say this. Bare naked ladies are my favorite band, and I truly believe they're on mm-hmm. par with the Beatles. Okay. like and not only that i believe that they follow the trajectory of the beatles okay. and are weirdly like the beatles <laughs> reincarnated <laughs> okay um they don't innovate quite as much in music to the point where like i can see how you could certainly argue that the beatles brought more change to yeah. the sound of current music. However, they ripped a lot off a lot of rhythm and blues. And now it's coming yeah. out that John also ripped off a lot of the psychedelic sound from Yoko.
0: It's, yeah. And, and, and like it to they the took band. a lot from the beach boys after pets. Absolutely. And stuff. Yeah.
1: BNL, I feel like is less derivative at the same time, less innovative. But what I'm getting at is, um, the Beatles was great because it was a lightning strike that you cannot plan where yeah. you have two musical geniuses. One of them oh, uh one of them writes sweet perfect pop songs, mm-hmm. Paul, and the other one writes more structurally challenging, hard-edged, protest, angry shit. Mm-hmm. And as the band progresses, they don't Meet in the middle, right? They go in their opposite (laughs) directions even more strongly and yet force themselves to make music together, right? And you get these incredible concoctions from the Beatles that I think is really why people remember them as so legendary. And then, late towards the end of the career, you get these albums where they are both masters of what they do, Mm -hmm. and the album kind of just separates. (laughs) You're like, John, come, John obviously contributed that weird bridge and did wild honey pie, but the regular honey pie is Paul all the way, he just told John what to do. Sure. Um, and so Bare Naked Ladies is very much that. Stephen Page writes, who sings on this, and I also picked this one because I think he has the better voice. His voice is very weird and theatrical in a way that I love. Yeah. Um, He has serious drug problems, is a very angry person. Every song he every song he writes is to me a withering truth that is fucking Devastating. He doesn't write a sad song that makes you think, "Yeah, it is sad if you love someone and they don't love you back." He writes a sad song about the metaphysical nature of never being able to truly know another person. Yeah, and you'll die eventually, (laughs) and blah blah blah. And he always writes it to a kick-ass upbeat tune. Right. So he his unique tone is writing like a great song on this album is "Running Out of Ink," which is his song about how. Now that he's made it, he feels that his art is fake. He thinks his friends who say his art is good are only saying it so that they'll get a big break through him. He can't have real friends, okay. and it's fucked up, and it's so peppy, and you want to dance to it, and it kicks ass. <laughs> yeah. And it has like big band and swing elements. Sure. So you combine that with Ed Robertson, who is the guy who is largely behind One Week. Okay. Like, that's, he brings that feel, yeah. which is funny, light, rap, as he progresses, he does get more and more complex and ambitious. And the whole band, especially the drummer, are very ambitious and experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I can't just stress enough, bare naked Ladies, no one knows them for real unless you've experienced their whole catalog. And their whole catalog is as important to experience, I would argue, as, like, the Beatles sure. or uh, Kendrick Lamar's. Like, they are important. They're doing ambitious things that are truly phenomenally inventive mm-hmm. and emotionally impactful. And then they split up. And the new bare naked Ladies albums, which are everyone except the downer dude, the John Mm -hmm. Lennon dude, because after Blam, which is their white album. And I swear, if you listen to the white album and then that (laughs) they have parallels. Sure. Um, He had custody issues and his drug problem was just too bad and they kicked him out of the band. And it's exactly like when Paul and John separated (laughs) his solo albums still kick ass. And I loved John's solo (laughs) albums but i'm worried about him dying soon. Sure. and the band that's still together is like yeah these are sweet songs but like after like silver ball, like wings silver ball and on it's just like every album has like two or three songs yeah. where you're like there's some of the old magic but it's not the same mm. but everything where the full band is together previous to blam is just masterpieces left and right in my opinion maroon Gordon, this so good. Maybe you should drive. <laughs> Born on a pirate ship. Every album is is unstoppable. Bare naked ladies. <laughs> yeah, the um. Canadian Beatles. <laughs> and this is literally. There's nothing more special about this song. Other than I like his voice, so I picked one where he sings because they alternate and that I thought this song would disabuse people because it sounds nothing like right. one
0: week. They'd be like, that's exactly. very different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was I mean, that was the thing that I was honestly surprised about because that's one week is the thing that I think of when I when I when somebody says very Naked Ladies. So yeah,
1: one week or to a lesser extent, uh, uh, everything's been done. Sure.
0: hoo. yeah.
1: And that stuff is good. But it has that feel of like it reminds me of the Beatles, like "I wanna hold your hand." Yeah. So and then they follow the same track, man. <laughs> this is a later era thing, and it's weirder. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah.
0: no, it's and I do. I I'm starting. I mean, I it was at this point that I was starting to see like, oh yeah, Michael likes definitely atypical stuff. It's yeah, not, definitely. You know.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they a rock band with a stand up bassist, you can't yeah. deny.
0: <laughs> There's the, and yeah, the boom, the variety boom, of boom, sounds boom, boom. in the, in this music in this particular song was surprising just because I had my expectations. Most of my favorite artists
1: use many 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 layers yeah. in in audio photoshop or whatever. Yeah. I like highly I like stuff that could could only
0: be achieved in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense all right so after that one we're going to move on to something much more simple and like just pretty mm. and i mean i forget the order musically. so, so no, number four is going to be when i go by dave carter oh. and tracy grammar
2: sun comes
1: trumpets from his red house in the east. He will find a standing stone where long I chanted my release. He will send his morning messenger to strike a hammer blow and I will crumble down uncountable in showers
0: of crimson rubies when I go off of when High. I go on nineteen ninety eight. It is just it is a very beautiful folk song that is simple it's um like I, the beauty is in the simplicity of it
1: yeah i will i'll start with a quote because i don't bandy this around easily dave carter was my is my favorite poet okay he passed tragically and i'm including fucking shakespeare and <laughs> keats like yeah i think he's the and all and my favorite rappers because the thing i love about the rappers i love is that they have to nail the imagery that's impactful, the emotional plane, the yeah. story or something to say a message, but also, and the references and all that, but also classical poetics, mm-hmm. meaning internal rhyme, assonance, yeah. resonance. And I'm going to, so I'm going to say a line from this song. The reason I included this song in particular, he also has a weird voice, yeah. which I, <laughs> yeah, which held him back a lot as a, sure. his he's so, his songs are so beautiful, but I do think he would have been bigger if his voice wasn't odd. Okay. Um, and that's just my humble opinion, but uh, also started on my uncle's label <laughs> Um And uh, so the line, this I chose this song when I go because I used to have powerful panic attacks about the fact that I will die someday and sure. it's inevitable and like couldn't stop hyperventilating and screaming
0: and running around. Yeah. I mean, when I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about that. Or throw I mean, tantrums and stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah. I've mentioned it on Tales from the Pit. Yeah. This song is the song that made me let go able to let go of that the hearing the lyrics and the literally the lyrics of this song this poem cured me of my fear of death (laughs) um and but this is not i can't do the whole lyrics you gotta listen to the song but i will just point out this line because it shows off listen to the fucking virtuoso poetic (laughs) skill of how it flows yeah um so the line is I will bellow like the thunder drum, invoke the storm of war, a twisting pillar spun of dust and blood up from the prairie floor. I will sweep the foe before me like a gale out on the snow, and the wind will long recount the story, reverence and glory when I go. So it's got, I mean, like you could teach it poetry, segment on it, not just the internal rhyme scheme, Mm -hmm. but the punctuality, meaning like withholding the final rhyme until Mm -hmm. you finally, when I go. And the meter of it. yeah. Yeah. So every, all of his lyrics blow me away. He's got, my favorite song of theirs, Tillman County. The first line is... Uh, Mother Red River She winds like a copperhead Coils and boils over Denison Dam Little white houses Eggs on the rocky bed I am the son of a serpent I am So it's like I was born on the Mississippi River All the houses are eggs Little white eggs Therefore Mm -hmm. I'm like a snake man (laughs) So I just love The shit he does Tracy Grammer is He wrote the music and the lyrics Tracy Grammer uh, contributes a lot to the melody And plays all the fiddle parts Mm -hmm. Which are phenomenally impressive In their own right uh, she has a better voice than him. Yeah. Um, and she has also, since he passed away, released several albums of his music. She, you know, she goes on and completes songs yeah. that he was working on. So I, he, they're my favorite. Um, yeah. He's my favorite lyricist, period. Okay. Yeah.
0: That <laughs> makes sense why it's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, everybody, if you haven't listened to these songs yet, please. <laughs> like, this is one that I definitely think is, it's touching. It's yeah, it, anybody, yeah. not even just because of your personal story. Mm-hmm. Anybody who has a heart can listen to this kind of stuff and feel it. And because yeah. I didn't have any prior association with it.
1: And if you're scared to death like me, they have another one called The Mountain, which is more obtuse. Mm-hmm. But I listened to the lyrics of The Mountain, the Dave Carter, Tracy Gramer song, knowing that the mountain is a symbol of death. And I think you'll get a lot out of that song, too. All
0: right. I like it. So this moves us on to number five, mm. which is going to be "Mountains of Things" by Tracy Chapman.
2: now those material things you gain by. exploiting other human beings.
0: And it's off of her debut album. Uh, 1988 by her name Yeah I'm a real folk slut (laughs) (laughs) And this one um, I mean obviously people will probably Know Fast Car before they know this one Yeah but um, it's the same album
1: I'm also a huge Finding out the people who only had one hit Are secretly solid geniuses Who always deliver slut I'm a slut for that (laughs) Um, Yeah because uh, another one like uh, Fountains of Wayne who everyone knows the song Stacy's mom has got it going on they almost several of their songs almost made the cut here they're oh, okay. phenomenal and they are hardworking, and they deliver good songs every time but no one knows i love that because <laughs> so, they had
0: one pop song or right. pop song yeah and
1: tracy chapman first of all her And then there are some you hate it for. For example, I hate that one week is a hit. I think Bare Naked Ladies deserved more serious artistic consideration during their prime and they didn't get that. I hate that Stacy's mom makes people think that they are shitty novelty band. Sure. Um fast car fucking rules. Yeah. Like I am not, s- it's it like, does. Hey, yeah. uh, where they u- in the two thousands, early two thousands, yeah, yeah. they did overplay. Hey, uh, around campus and shit, yeah. but I was never like, I'm sick of this song. Yeah. It rules. <laughs> yeah. Fast car is just a stone cold groove Yeah, for the heart. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I would say Tracy to me, mountains of things is a tirade against the evils materialism of materialism. Yeah. I, one of my core beliefs, and I don't have many core beliefs, is I hope I'm never rich and I think money fucking ruins everything and is like soaked in evil. Yeah. And I really don't like uh, having a lot of money, being around a lot of money, people who direct their lives around moving money around. Sure. It bothers me. And uh, so this hits uh, very eloquently all those points. Yeah. This is the song I scream sing in the car. Mm hmm. Uh, I love to sing along to Tracy And Mountains of Things I do essentially a vocal punk cover Like <laughs> yes. she's still putting a lot of emotion in it yep. But I'm like They
2: tell me <laughs>
1: Like I do like to imagine covers of songs yeah. That I wish existed yeah. And I think a super sped up punk cover Of Mountains of Things would fucking kick ass Yeah um, Like uh, do you know Coral Fang I do uh, so. Oh sorry that's
0: the album The Distillers uh, I've heard the band's name. I don't They should
1: cover mountains of okay. things, I think. <laughs> so if you know the distillers and hear the song. Imagine that. And imagine me, silly Michael Slam, <laughs> I sing what I think that would sound like yeah. in my car a lot. And, man, it's just fun to scream at the fucking, like, that's my rage against the machine is singing yeah. Tracy Chapman in I a mean, punk voice.
0: Yeah, because it's it really is. She is raging yeah. against the machine in this song. But,
1: again, um, I put people on here that I really respect as an artist, meaning mm-hmm. I didn't pick anyone hit wonders. Yeah. So, like anyone that's on this particular playlist. Yeah. Tracy's catalog deserves to go through, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sub City will rip your heart out. She has an acapella song behind the wall about hearing her neighbor get beaten every night and calling the cops and they won't do anything because they're all in a black yeah. area and no one gives a shit. Yeah. Um, talking about a revolution, of course. Yeah. All her social activism shit is amazing. And then also, I would say, she has that Danny Elfman quality, yeah. even though we're talking acoustic guitar rather than electric rock mm-hmm. guitar. Um, in particular, her love songs, like be careful of my heart. All that you have is your soul or, um, give me one reason. She'll do a guitar riff that like, as someone who is learning acoustic guitar and likes to pick her guitar. Riffs are so fun and smart when Mm -hmm. you play them on guitar. Mathematically your handshape, you're like, that's such a clever riff. She's Mm -hmm. very smart at that. Yeah. and I
0: mean, just the song as a whole, um, like, yeah, like you were saying, it's, it's got a folksy, it's, it's another unique,
1: straight up protest very, music. Yeah. That's what she makes. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and it is a protest song. I'm just thinking about the musicality of it is different than a lot of other things at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it is, it's folksy, but it has like, uh, the African inspired instruments the wooden and stuff. chimes Yeah, yeah. in the background. Dung, yeah. Dung, doo, 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 and dung, so dung. that it adds that, that. Tonal quality to it, which yeah. is which makes it unique for the time.
1: Definitely, and yeah. like, yeah, that's why I was impressed by behind the wall. Also, is her just acapella, her doing harmonies with herself. And oh, okay. The, she is. She doesn't stray far from the folk basics, right. but she finds her ways to be inventive. Yeah, she's not like Kate Bush in it, but <laughs> she's trying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But ba- but as a lyricist, also just very straightforward, powerful imagery. Yeah. I feel like Tracy continuously reminds us eloquently which we need constantly yeah. of you this shit is wrong this shit <laughs> yeah. is bad and it, and she does yeah. such a powerful job of it you yeah. feel it yeah
0: <laughs> so this one definitely sounds like it's your respect for her as an artist and like that's what yeah. lands it in your top 80 something songs and but then why in this i one particular. picked
1: this one particular is yeah i hate capitalism and yeah. this was the most pointed anti-capitalism oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. one yeah yeah
0: it's it is very beautifully put the way that she does it yeah now yeah. all right so number six is going to be the Fool part one get it got it good by Shed. Uh,
1: damn it feels good to be back damn it feels good to be black they keep on killing us we
0: just keep killing it mama said killing is not where the alien is gonna speak back lord knows she's been through it she said a human is not who the villain is she said it's fear it's greed and it's pride you see it inside that's what the system is built on and what it which is off of a short story about a war in 2018. This is, I liked this one a lot too. <laughs> I'm liking, I, I'm i really enjoying doing this podcast, but um, I hadn't heard, I, I'd heard this in passing before, but I'd never listened to it all the way through. And I just love it. Oh, as you a, had. Is yeah. he
1: expanding? Because as far as, like on Spotify, Shad songs have 2000 listens. Right. And he's another guy that, i've known for a long time now and i included him as my avatar of rap if i come back i could easily do a 10 song list that's only rap Mm -hmm. um because i have deep appreciation for the medium so there had to be rap on here that said i just didn't want it to all be rap because then i would just be quoting lines and explaining why they're good to (laughs) me um but i included shad because shad has never released an album that doesn't have multiple songs on it that I weep the first time I hear okay. them because of not in the way where the bare naked ladies did Stephen right. Page gets me because I'm like, that's true. Everything is shit. <laughs> um the opposite. He has a song called fam jam, uh, not bad, huh? For some immigrants. And the lyrics are so fucking positive and optimistic and uplifting about how fuck the haters. We're going to get through this difficult period with, you know, everything that's happening, the detention camps and the concentration camps and all this shit. And first time listening to it by the end, I'm like weeping about like, we will, we'll get through it together. (laughs) Um, I find his spirit is so big and his lyricism is, is there is solid. I don't understand why he's not much bigger. Yeah. He's fucking phenomenal. And I, and this one I listened to five times in a row. This album just came out. Yeah. And, uh, and this song, I cried the first time. So I replayed it five times in a row. I fucking cried yeah. at the part at the end where he talks about, uh, Jesus meeting Judas in heaven, mm-hmm. ran up to hug the young brethren, which yeah. dug at the other 11. They said, why is this heretic here in heaven? Mm-hmm. And he said, cause hell is anywhere. God's love is in present. Wherever we go, we go together. My brethren, amen. And like, (laughs) I can barely say that without weeping. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, if Jesus is like that, I should accept him as my personal (laughs) Lord and savior because I love shit like that. Like the idea that
0: Jesus would meet Judas in heaven and hug him. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, I was the the first, I mean, obviously, like I said, the first time I just listened to it, the second time, and like the third time when I'm actually digging into the lyrics. Mm. It's just, it's very impressive. Just the way that the, I guess the structure of it and the way that the actual meaning behind the lyrics is... Just something that, I mean, yeah, it blew me away too.
1: (laughs) He has a song on that album called uh, Revolution Versus The Establishment Mm -hmm. where he sings from the point of view of revolution. The first verse and second is The Establishment. And it's like, yeah, he's so... He's a smart dude listening to his shit. Sometimes it feels like a tight, hilarious sociology lecture. And I love that shit. And um, uh, yeah, man, he has... A song called Fire that's just a show off track mm-hmm. uh, off a recent EP that it uh, has. I'm paraphrasing because it goes, the entire song is the same uh, yeah. rhyme scheme. Okay. But part of it is, I can lift Orzo by the fork load, tore, bo- tore both coasts, or teach a course load at the sore bone. <laughs> and it goes on and on. He's yeah. great. He's fucking great.
0: Yeah, this was one that he said uh, about the album. It's a provocative story told through disarmingly catchy songs. That weaves through issues of migration, environment, politics, and above all, human spirit. And yeah, that was one, and that's exactly what I take you to is. the next
1: level. Warp zone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, it is disarmingly catchy. Is a perfect way to if you're just listening to it in the background. Yeah. It's something that is one that I would never skip if it just came up on a playlist.
1: I never skip it. He's catchy, funny, clever, and deep. Uh, yeah, is is he has that flashy
0: show off clever style sure. it's like witticisms abound yeah. yeah number this brings us to number seven uh which is somewhere in america there's a street somewhere I was not was, I don't know how if I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> I've heard most fans, and there aren't many of
1: us uh pronounce it just was not was was but not yeah, was. yeah, it's okay. was and then in parentheses not was yeah. and that's because it's two brothers whose last name is was, okay, so its yeah, some weird jo- I don't fully get the joke, but it's like, oh, you want was, not, not was. was, yeah, it's kind of a bad <laughs> name for your band
0: it it was it's confusing it was a little confusing yeah it's um, like the the or yeah. the band yeah these are stop playing
1: jokes with your band names people
0: <laughs> but yeah this is off of uh what up dog which came out in 1988 what up, dog? yeah um yeah this was their breakthrough album worldwide and it well, worldwide and it was ranked 99 on rolling stone magazine's list of the 100 best albums of the 1980s oh i didn't know that hmm.
1: Yeah, I think uh, they're a little like Steely Dan. They get a lot of respect from other musicians, mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't know them. Don Was, I know, uh, one of the brothers, is like a superpower producer, has okay. produced, I believe, Weezer albums, Bare Naked Ladies albums. They might yeah. be giant albums. A lot of people I yeah. like. Um, but their band, Was Not Was, only has a handful of albums, mm-hmm. and I would say you will have to hunt through for the tracks that fit your taste. Yeah. But they are, now you're getting a feel for how weird Mikey actually likes <laughs> it. Not this song. Um, right. This is, I, to me, this is their sweetest, most straightforward moving song. Sure. And again, I'm all about lyrics and, and visually striking imagery and lyrics. Yeah. Um, so this describes the kind of neighborhood he thought existed in America when he was a kid. Yeah. and, I don't know exactly why he phrases that as it would, the street would be named after my dad, but it's at night only crickets, no prowlers, no sirens, no pinky ring hustlers, no angel dust Byron's, no bars on the windows, no saber toothed neighbors, just good, simple folk in a rainbow of flavors. So like the lyrics are high caliber. Yeah. And, uh, to me, the idea of, the peaceful suburban neighborhood as mm-hmm. almost a heaven that doesn't really exist. Yeah. Like, what if we could have that sweet neighborhood where everyone, wouldn't that be heaven? Mm-hmm. Yes, it would. You think it exists as a kid and you grow up and realize it isn't. Yeah. So yeah, the chorus is somewhere in America, there's a street named after my dad and the mm-hmm. home we never had. Yeah. Uh and I don't know what that means exactly, <laughs> but they're often weird and obtuse. They're highly experimental. If you want a taste for like Truly the kind of shit I love that I know other people don't. Yeah. Listen to the title track on that. What up, dog? Yeah. Which is... Do you like the books? Mm, No. The books are a band that just kind of makes soundscapes interesting. Or like Meriwether Post Pavilion. Um yeah, What Up Dog is just like sounds, and I think it fucking rules. I yeah. love it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's
0: really good. And it's this, weird. It was a funny parallel because this is the second one from 1988 that's really heavy on social commentary. Mm-hmm. This and Tracy Chapman yeah. the same year.
1: that's true. Um, and they are not normally heavy on commentary. They're normally just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so this song was interesting. Outcome of Freaks is a good commentary yeah. one. but uh, And the guys, so the two brothers switch off singing, and there's one brother who only he should sing, and it's mm-hmm. this guy. Oh, okay, isn't his voice just yeah. smooth and nice? It's very smooth <laughs> yeah. and
0: very like you can feel the emotion in it. Again,
1: I'm yeah. His vocal performance is very theatrical, which mm-hmm. is what I love.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean to me when I hear the the idea of a street being named after your dad, it's coming from. I mean, obviously, I'm a person of color too, and to me that just kind of. Makes me think of like there's streets with presidents' names and other names that are mm. like typically that have that are more Caucasian names, right? Yeah, and so those are like those the are the kind of streets themselves, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that coming from a place where you're not your names aren't on the streets, and it's, it's just, like
1: how accepted must you be by society? Exactly, if there's a street named after your dad in the yeah. neighborhood, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, it's like everything's fine then, mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah they do yeah boys gone crazy is a highly recommended track just to get hooked on them but then they will also totally do weird shit they have one called Zaz turn blue about their friend choking until his face turns blue uh and they have a great one that's 11 miles an hour which is a kick-ass song but it starts with the real audio of kennedy getting shot in the head <laughs> like they're weird
0: yeah 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 i mean that seems to be a theme in this i get, yeah it is it is yeah i'll open your mind baby <laughs> and speaking so, of which yeah the next one yeah it's right. probably the weirdest of all i i mean it is number eight peaches and regalia by frank Zappa. Hot Rats, which is from nineteen nineteen sixty nine. yeah, Hot this one's rats. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with his track
1: Hot Poop, which is from a different album.
0: <laughs> but this one is completely instrumental. And
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm I just would be remiss if Zapple wasn't on the list. Sure. To me, as a composer, he's he I think he truly transcends to the realm of being a composer, like I think of him when I think of uh, obviously Varez, because that was his main influence when he composed orchestral music but like dvorak tchaikovsky Mazorsky, like i think in a thousand years mm-hmm. when time looks shorter and people look back zappa will be with bach and beethoven okay. and mozart because you know how history telescopes yeah. like it'll still be considered uh and, like i truly think he took all the sounds of rock and doo-wop and motown mm-hmm and use them as a composer would his band was notoriously insanely difficult to be in Mm -hmm. he would teach it with sheet music and treat it like a symphony practicing his pan was huge many pieces he composed and performed many symphonies later in life when he finally could raise the money to um I could and we may do a whole Zappa podcast because I'm obsessed with him. I read sure. I read everything he's ever written. Um, he died too young. I would have loved to see what he would still be doing today. Yeah. And I pick Peaches and Regalia just because a lot of people don't know his instrumental stuff. Period. So it's mm. a good instrumental one. And but if I was gonna go weird, I'd probably, Mr. Green Jeans. I think is okay. my favorite instrumental. But um, it also shows off how on top of all that. You throw a guitar in his hand, and he can sure. fucking wail like a monster. <laughs> like he has this um, unique soloing style that I describe as the whirlwind. Okay, like uh, like Harrison's guitar sang, and like Prince is probably the best guitarist to ever live, and its technical perfection yeah. and its crispness. Uh, Zappa's solos are grungier, but he crams in just as many notes. Yeah, and it's very—it's like screaming. It's like a screaming tornado. Makes sense. So I just think he was like a deep thinker, a leader of men, yeah. a great musician. <laughs> Truly, uh, yeah, for me, up there with Tchaikovsky yeah. and Beethoven. Man, yeah, that. And <laughs> what you're visionary. describing
0: sounds like we we did a podcast about Whiplash together, mm-hmm. and it's it's very reminiscent of that in my head, which is funny. Because um, this particular song has been included in the underground version of what's called the real book. Um, Because despite being compositionally more complicated than a typical jam session tune, uh, this song, um, I mean, being in the real book is apparently described as the ultimate insider credential for a jazz composer. And oh yeah, he'll yeah. fuck
1: with some jazz too. The
0: real book refers to a number of compilations of lead sheets for jazz jazz standards. Usually refers to the first volume of a series of books transcribed and collated by Berkeley College of Music students during the 1970s. So wow. this is a song that is still being used by jazz ensembles because of the complexity like and yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Like
1: that song Whiplash or Caravan. And yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And I believe it. And he's so prolific that there's dozens and dozens of hours of this stuff to dig into. He is a visionary. So a bunch of it's going to be weird and there will be stuff that's so weird that it doesn't hit you. But like, I so appreciate Mm -hmm. that he was trying everything and honing it to a virtuoso level. Fun fact, his album, his jazz album, jazz from hell was the, is the only album, uh, to have the parental advisory warning on it that has mm-hmm. no lyrics in the history of music <laughs> because he testified in Congress against the parental advisory sticker uh, being okay. used at all. Yeah. And Nancy Reagan uh, fucking hated his guts. Of course. And so literally just in retribution, they slapped it on every album he ever made, including instrumental jazz albums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, That's if you so won't funny. let your
0: kid listen to that, what's your issue, man? Yeah. I mean, and what a better way to say fuck the man than to have that as a credential. And he
1: never took a shit on stage. If you start researching, you'll see that a lot. It's not true. (laughs) (laughs) just want to say. All
0: right. Oh,
1: Yeah. just because it'll blow people's minds if they're just getting into Zappa. Straight edge allowed no drug use in the band. That's great. Uh, (laughs) Not the the impression you get (laughs) from his art, which is about shit and boobies and pussies and stuff. (laughs) A lot. And then also very high minded and complex sometimes mm-hmm. and then sometimes it's instrumental jazz he yeah. did
0: he's a weirdo man yeah. <laughs> yeah it's really good um all right uh leads us to number 9 number which nine. is ruler of everything by tally hall <gasps> of Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum, which came out in 2005. This is their debut studio album. Uh, winner of the, a prize Yoko Ono gives out every year no for
1: uh, the John Lennon Songwriting Award. And I can see why Yoko would like this song. Okay. Or think, according to like the website, that it carries on the tradition of the kind of music John would be making.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, this was one that I think... Um, spoke to the surreal nature of some of this music that like that, that made it pop up in my head. Yeah.
1: And I think this one's a lot easier to decode. If you understand that the lyrics are sung from the point of view of time, time is saying the words. So it's uh, like, do you like how my face disintegrates into shot into chalk? Sounds like nonsense, but it's actually a reference that clocks used to glow in the dark and because of radium. Oh, Okay. And Radium disintegrates into chalk. That's mm-hmm. just scientifically yeah. accurate. So do you like how my face disintegrates into chalk is supposed to give you a clue. If you're incredibly smart or look <laughs> it up, that time is singing to you. Right. And then all the lyrics sort of fall into place and do have meaning. Um, but at the same time, it's, Im- it's a song that's impossible to describe without you hearing it. Yeah. It could only be done in a studio setting. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Tally Hall is a band. It's very
0: layered. There's a ton of layers in it as far as the music is concerned.
1: Tally Hall, I think, are a phenomenal band that I'm really worried about because it seems like Rob Cantor is taking off on his own. And Tally Hall sort of switched off. They had two albums before Mm -hmm. they nominally broke up. Both are great. Yeah. Both albums switch off uh, Songwriter. And there are some one of the guys in the band whose name I unfortunately can't recall right now. Okay writes really straightforward like Dashboard Confessional type emo love songs mm. and they're also very good but then there's this guy who's like the master studio mastermind mm. and he makes these epic weird songs <laughs> and i always gravitated to those tracks sure. a little more even though the other guy's songs are also dope which is yeah. why it's a great band um and then they have a guy who writes sweet songs like he has one called Be Born that i want to play when my son's being born because mm-hmm. it's the perfect like baby being born song <laughs> um but this weird dude rob Cantor, now people probably have heard more of as rob Cantor. i highly sure. recommend his solo album also not a trampoline the cover is just a picture of a chicken drumstick <laughs> um but he did the thing everyone knows is he went viral with that song shia labeouf
0: oh yeah like yeah. Sh- and it, yeah, the video yeah.
1: is awesome shia labeouf is walking towards you yeah. and the gif everyone uses of shia labeouf applauding mm-hmm. and is is from that yeah that guy another guy who i'm worried about the bnl effect everyone's like when they hear his voice and his sound which you can tell it's that guy he yeah. does have a particular sound they go oh the shia labeouf guy so he makes like these joke songs and i'm like no he's a serious artist <laughs> yeah. trying to do adventurous things yeah. who has a s- sense of humor yeah so on his track there will be a song called flamingo that just describes flamingos and yeah it's cute but there's also yeah, like, do, does anyone else see the ghost standing in my door about like a lost love? And he does it all. And he's yeah. <laughs> fucking great and weird. And Rob Cantor, I love you and I hope you continue. But I don't know if there was strife or you just wanted full total control. Tally Hall is phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. sad to me to think that the two albums we got are it.
0: Yeah. And the, this particular song, like I said, the, the way that I, that I would try to describe it is that it's surreal kind of poppy there's and it just feels i mean i guess the the lyrics and everything the way that it's executed feels like it doesn't take itself too seriously but it is serious musicianship Mm -hmm. and yeah
1: and i i a pattern for me is yeah i love songs that so you're not i actually don't really like Meriwether pavilion or even i the book somewhat but I, I don't like weird in the sense of like John Cage, like noise, dicot, like sure. weird or like atonal 12. Sure. Uh, I forget what it's called. 12 scale, 12 note scale instead yeah. of the normal. What I like is people taking the elements that are catchy in rock, pop, hip hop, doo Motown, soul. And putting them in a weird order yeah. where all those genres are mashed up in a way you didn't expect. Yeah. But the building blocks are still catchy riffs. Yeah. So as much as I go like these guys are weird, they're not weird like weirdness is weird. Yeah. It still has that guitar riff that comes in and ties it all together and feels like a normal pop song. Right, exactly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's and it that makes sense that you would like that because it's kind of like uh, it's the, it's messing with structure in yeah. a unique way, in a novel way. Um, and it's not, but it's still being very good at doing what you are doing. And you're just putting it in a different order or Absolutely. you're expressing it in a new way or you're trying to, which man. makes sense. <laughs>
1: I didn't put Andrew Byrd on here. This is bad, man. I'll have to come <laughs> back. Yeah, because and that's what I love so much about 10CC. I feel like they yeah. sort of invented that. Uh, people who don't like 10CC say it feels too ADD or it's all over the place. Okay. People who love 10 like me, we like it because for the price of one pop song, like four and a half minutes, yeah. you get the components of like your average pop album. Like okay. they abandon the catchy riff that should be sustained through the whole song and True. give you a new riff that's just as catchy. You're like, this could have been 12 songs. <laughs> they just keep switching it up. And I yeah. love that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one, oh yeah, and the rap breakdown in this one is when it comes in. I don't even know in. if it qualifies. Well, yet, I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, because it becomes it so is a distorted. breakdown. Yeah, it's sort of just the guy going like eventually. It's like a sound texture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
0: I think it would still counts as the breakdown. Part sure, of the song. sure, sure. Yeah, definitely. And that that was it. It hits really hard, and it's towards like the two thirds mark of the song.
1: Yeah, I like how it starts and it changes it. Really changes introspective, the whole perspective. And then in the mid- in during the bridge the song becomes like kick ass, no, let's fucking mosh yeah. a bit. Yeah. yeah. They also speaking of, if you're okay with cheesy white boy rap, <laughs> um, they don't do that, but they did one, they yeah. have like a novelty rap on their first sure. album that introduces the band that's a pretty decent rap.
0: All right, cool. <laughs> uh yeah. So I mean I can kind of it sounds I can hear why this one made the list. For sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh which leads us to our final song, number ten. Number 10. Which is Fifteen Petals by Elvis Costello. Off of the, his 2002 album, When I Was Cruel.
1: On. Uh, people who have heard the album will know that sound effect. On. Uh, <laughs> it's his wife, Diana Krall, saying the word on, which was the sample for the title track, When I Was Cruel, number four. Yeah.
0: Elvis Costello. Yeah, this is one that I, I really did like this song. I mean, I think we should address, like... The controversy you can with him. And whatever you want. <laughs> I just think, like, because people will think of Elvis Costello, and like, they have the association of the controversy of. Oh, I don't think his... most people know
1: that story. Really, but they should it's a fun story? Okay, long time ago. Long yeah, time this is ago. a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I'm not defending his actions.
0: No, no, but th- and this is something that uh, came up when he wrote his um, autobiography more recently. Uh, this is from a Rolling Stone article about his autobiography. Uh, it says that he does makes no excuses about the infamous James Ra- James Brown Ray Charles incident. Um, Costello doesn't flinch when recounting the potentially career-ending drunken brawl he got into at a Holiday Inn in 1979 with members of Stephen Stills' band, in which he reportedly called James Brown and Ray Charles enough racial slurs to land him the first nationwide his first nationwide media coverage. Uh, like his hero, John Lennon, after his bigger than Jesus com- comment in 1966, Costello faced press with a ham-fisted apology. Uh, it took years for him to live down the incident, but he still carries the scars. He asks <clears throat> the reader if they think he's racist and lists a bunch of things that he's done with uh, artists of color. And Well, yeah, he just collaborated on a great album with B.B. King. <laughs> yeah, and um, talks about the fact that he had a poor mental state at the time. Um, while he was on the tour um, and but at the end of it he sums it up by simply saying never mind excuses there are no excuses
1: yeah i'm I'm s- i have become satisfied over the years yeah. at least to the point of like listen man i'm trying to figure out whether i still listen to michael jackson tracks so right of like course. i have more complicated fish to fry yeah but it happened it's bad the legend goes bonnie ray it broke his arm yeah which is awesome <laughs> it's um, fantastic. but it doesn't make me like her music better than yeah. <laughs> elvis costello music because what i was going to say is i could pick almost any track the reason elvis costello is on here is all around i think he's the finest musician the human race ever produced. Okay. <laughs> um, he's my number one guy. Yeah. And everyone around him, uh, Nick Lowe, Joe Jackson, um, Ben Fold sort of learned from Joe Jackson. So, mm-hmm. um, that whole group he learned from Nick Lowe. Nick Lowe is also phenomenal, but I really think, I don't, he could be a huge asshole. I, I'm not, I'm only talking about my Music, relation yeah. with his artistic work every one of these people that I think truly has something special, which to me is the ability to regenerate fresh insights coupled with truly either moving or catchy music over and over and over again. Like it's what they were put on earth to do. They all fail me eventually. And that's fine. (laughs) But what I mean is like even Joe Jackson, who I would say always in the same breath with Elvis Costello growing up. Yeah these rockers have a propensity to get a little out of touch more into longer sprawling, slower pieces. And Elvis Costello does do that. He did that album North that I thought was really just like a bunch of slow nonsense, but Elvis Costello, I mean, he also just dropped Momofuku an album with like, like it rocks as hard as anything ever can rock. You know, he still goes balls to the wall. He still creates songs and he's, He's been so prolific. He has like dozens of albums yeah. over 35 years, yeah. and every album I have had a complex relationship with at some point, where I had unlocked, opened itself up to me, and I understood it, and it changed my life. Mm-hmm. Like this dude has been the guy a, a large guiding force in my life. Sure, Elvis Costello lyrics have led me to understandings and decisions that have shaped my life fundamentally. Sure. He's just the guy for me. Yeah. And his manner of writing. It's like when I read a Kurt Vonnegut novel, it and I'm I don't I strive to get there. But I'm like, sure. it reminds me of my own writing. Not to mean as good, but like, oh, that's where my natural you see instincts where it lead. came from. I yeah. see why he's my favorite. Yeah. I like to write like him. Um, Elvis Costello writes the kind of song lyrics I would mm. also write if I were as gifted as he was in that department. Yeah. Um, although fun fact for Costello fans, if you start to note how many of his lyrics are just strung together, cliche phrases, sure. Like, uh, you know, the dog got his day, but he was more bark than bite, (laughs) but it's even light at the darkest part of the night. You're like, uh, he leans on that heavy. (laughs) Um, and somehow it all works. Sure. Um, but it is interesting how, like listen to it and you won't be able to unhear it. Elvis Costello folds in and I think it's kind of his secret sauce because all over the English-speaking world those phrases are so cliche that they wake you up, you hear them, you notice them. Yeah, Yeah. distorted angel, all this useless beauty. I can't, okay, so everyone on here I'm like, I could make a top 10 of these people. Yeah. That's the thing. Elvis Costello has gone through so many phases and sounds Yeah. and I could literally sit here and off the top of my head tell you the 100 tracks you should listen to. The dude's pockets are (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah and this song to to his credit you're talking about you mentioned how a lot of rockers get really self-indulgent or like go off into the weeds as they get older this particular song uh, was off an album that was 30 years into his music career yeah and
1: an album and And even later album more recent album than that momofuku i recommend you look up he just threw together over like a week intentionally, because it's named after the guy who invented the ramen cup, yeah. Momofuku, intentionally being like, what would it sound like if we slam a bi- an album together as fast as we can, no censorship? Yeah, And it fucking <laughs> rolls so hard! The opening track rocks so hard, yeah. and he's like 71 years old, and his gravelly, weird voice sounds the same as it ever has, and he screams his passion out as much as he ever has. And the thing about his voice that I do want to say is, I don't admire vocal performers just for sounding beautiful Mm -hmm. but for the control they have over their instrument elvis costello's voice is objectively bad it sounds (laughs) gross and bad but he has worked you can tell how hard he's worked to hone his ability to make it do whatever he wants uh like imperial bedroom the song i want you that actually might be on a different album but it doesn't matter uh the song i want you The different vocal places he hits is just mind blowing. I saw him play that song where one by one, everyone in the band stopped playing and a spotlight zoomed down to just his face and everyone like, and he literally, he just starts hammering and screaming like angrily at the end and people were holding their breath and like gasping from the energy the 68 year old man (laughs) is still putting out
0: on stage. Yeah, He's the best. And so that... Declan McManus. Yeah. It was funny because when I looked him up, there's apparently a Declan McManus, which is also a Scottish football player, Mm -hmm. soccer player. So I highly recommend, (laughs) if you don't know
1: him, just listen to Armed Forces, which was the hit machine early in his career. Sure. Then skip ahead and listen to When I Was Cruel. Or even... um, uh, gosh. Well, when I was cruel, because uh, I'm the <laughs> other one slipping my mind, the name. But uh, it's amazing how he can change his sound so radically and experiment yeah. so much. And he never
0: abandons pop.
1: Yeah. It's still always catchy and good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, I think a lot of people have heard radio, radio. That's definitely one. that Great song. Yeah. Senior it's, service. It's amazing. Green shirt. Yeah. And this particular song, me. 15 Petals," is so different than that yeah it's and it's got, 30 years into his career it's got
1: the angriest horn section you've ever heard yeah. the horns are playing like fuck you yeah. fuck you <laughs> and like it's amazing it's so angry and high energy yeah. and so late in his career that's why i thought if people have fallen asleep on elvis this yeah. is this will wake them up 15 yeah. pedals
0: yeah i liked it a lot that's another one that i'll probably listen to again after if you <laughs> like
1: that off the same album, I highly recommend Soul for Hire. All right. Or Dust to Dust. <laughs>
0: Ooh, Dust to Dust. Yeah. I know you're saving some because we might do this again sometime. Yeah. Are there any B-sides that you don't think are going to make the top 20? That
1: It would be more like artists that I regret. Yeah. Uh, for example, I my uncle, Andrew Calhoun is a great folk singer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how objective I am. It's impossible sure. to know, but he has a song freedom road. I would include if I was invited back. Cause I think it's that good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As someone who's a big, I was steeped in folk and it's probably my favorite thing. Yeah. Andrew bird, tallest man on earth, uh, for the big names and then a lot of smaller names, but also, yeah. also big names that are just older now for our younger audience. John Prine. Yeah. It's crazy. He's not on here. Vashti Bunyan. Um, yeah, so it's more like groups for me. Sure. Um, and then I have this whole other side. Oh, mm-hmm. Beck should be on here, represented sure. in some way. Ten CC, they might be giants. But then I have this whole other side that's like, I also love pop punk, rap, sure. and like harder, more straightforward rock. I could do that list. Mm-hmm. And then I don't. I didn't know if it would just fucking bore everyone. Yeah. But I still have classical and heavy rotation. There's a lot sure. of classical I like. And lately, I love. Well, I t- what I tweeted was, I my life has been immeasurably improved lately by listening to any song that a drag queen would dance to in a <laughs> stage show. Sure. Like, I'm Every Woman by Shaka Khan. Yeah. Oh, my God, the energy <laughs> I get off that song. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Yeah.
0: Man. Uh, yeah,
1: man. Smokey Robinson should be on here. It's tough. There's a lot. It never ends.
0: I think with this list, a lot of the themes to me that came up as far as things that repeated were... Kendrick should be on here, obviously. Definitely your penchant for folk style stuff. um, A lot of social commentary. And obviously, I think just listening to this particular playlist, the you want something that's out of left field. It's not, none of it is straightforward. None of it is just a plain pop song. Yeah. And I I
1: usually like it to be dense enough that it takes me a while to figure it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You like, yeah, something that you can listen to over and over again. It's the same kind of movies
1: I like and the same kind of everything I like.
0: Mm -hmm. I like, thinking hard before I figure it out yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and I think it's just yeah. fun for me and anybody who's listened to the playlist will know exactly what we're talking about yeah. because you should have listened to it before this and hopefully you did because I think that's and going to enhance throughout yeah I think that's going to enhance the experience for sure if you just do this I don't know like what is it 35 40 minutes of homework yeah yeah
1: fun home fun yeah yeah <laughs>
0: But, yeah, so that is it for this episode. Excellent. I don't know if you want me to plug Small Beans while we're doing this. We'll both plug it simultaneously. No, we're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Patreon.
1: (laughs) Well, that's where you can find a link to the playlist. Patreon.com slash Small Beans. Yeah. Thank you for doing this, Michael. I appreciate it. Thank you, Christian. It was a pleasure. Yeah.